Hey, welcome to the C3 Victory Podcast. We're praying this message encourages you, grows your faith, and builds your relationship with Jesus. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we have uh, some very important things to talk about this morning. Need to be able to communicate with you what we feel like God is saying for the church for the next 12 months. And if you were there last night at Gala, I hope you had a fantastic evening. Certainly, I thought it was amazing. Can we, can we just like uh, thank those that were involved? I know we've done that a lot of times, but uh, it really wouldn't happen without incredible people, guys like Amy, Chris, Emily Lindgren, as uh, there is an amazing team that puts all that together and creates for us a space to celebrate, more than anything, celebrate uh, what God has done uh, through us, with us, in us, uh, and from us uh, throughout the last 12 months. And I don't know about you, but watching those videos, those stories, man, that was amazing to see the real tangible impact that uh, our church has had in and through the different areas that we operate into the lives of people. Um, Something that I didn't communicate last night uh, because I had to clarify with our amazing business manager, but wanted to begin with a bit of a celebration uh, and to be able to communicate with you that as of this week, Uh, All the finance that we needed for our target last year has come in. So I want to thank you guys. That is amazing. That is amazing. And it's a a great step uh, to be able to launch from, to be able to say, well done, good and faithful servants uh, of the Lord, uh, remembering that we don't we don't pledge to Rachel and I. Uh, ultimately, we, we make a pledge to God about what we feel like he's saying. Um, and so well done. Uh, I don't know whether it was a big stretch for you uh, or at what point in time in the, the con, I want to say construct, that's not right, in the, in the current climate that we exist in, uh, there's pressure on finance. Uh, but well done for uh, being faithful to what uh, you felt God was saying to do. Amazing. All right, Vision Sunday, here we go. Welcome to our online uh, congregation. We love you guys, love that you can be a part of this. Yet to work out how we do an online vision gala. Um, I don't know, I don't know if we're going to be able to, but we did do a youth vision gala for the first time. Where's Victory Youth at? Yes. They, they, that was, that was, I'm going to be honest, that was a little low. That was a little low. Are you guys getting a little bit tired? I mean, Friday night was big, I know, uh, but... Now, we kicked off Vision Weekend with Victory Youth this year for the first time ever, and they were pumped. They were amazing. I mean, we ate pizza and garlic bread and sliders, and they had the whole three-course thing going on. I've never seen teenagers so dressed up, wearing all their their best clothes, Um, and they had the privilege of hearing where we're going uh, first, which I I love, you know. Uh, Jesus chose some teenagers uh, to explain the kingdom to first, they get the most excited. I think that's what it's about. You, know, you get the most, you get the most response. You feel like, oh, good. You know, people are stoked that we're going somewhere. So, anyway, let's get into Ephesians this morning. Ephesians chapter four, verse one. This is the scripture that I believe is setting the course for us over the next twelve months. And you may have remembered we preached a, a whole series out of Ephesians four earlier in the year, but not this bit. Not this bit. We're kind of saving this in the, the back pocket. Here we go. It says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. I'm going to pause there. Just one verse. 
one verse, so we're not overloading this morning, but let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are so real. You are so with us, that you love us, that you desire nothing more than to speak and guide and direct your people. And so, Lord, this morning, as we unpack what we believe you're saying to us and directing us over the next 12 months, Lord, I pray that you would be opening up every heart in this place to receive it. Lord, that you would be speaking specifically about what it means for each of us as an individual, together as a collective body, and that you, Lord, with your Holy Spirit, would empower us to move towards it in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said... Amen, amen. Online, put amen in the chat. I'm, I'm going to try to be really uh, intentional uh, this morning at reminding you to communicate with each other online. You are not an isolated individual watching a show. You are the community of believers gathered in the online space doing church, which is a together thing. So be together. Say hello to each other, all right? Come on. This this Sunday is genuinely one of my favorite Sundays of the year. I mean, I do love, I love every Sunday that we gather together. Uh, I have an expectation every week that we come together, that God is going to speak to us. Uh, that this book that he wrote, that he inspired, you know, humans wrote it, but he inspired. Uh, I don't know about you, I remember being in high school. I, I told this story at youth actually on Friday night and it didn't translate because I talked about letter writing. Um, and... <laughs> And it was kind of like, so I had to tell another story, which they liked way more, which I won't go into today. But some parents might have heard, and I'll, you know, come and talk to me if you need details filled in to make sure, you know, your, your pastor is a safe pastor. But, um, but I spoke about like writing letters in high school, actual pen and paper, not like text messages, but actually writing letters and how you would write letters to people. Uh, generally for me, it was writing letters to, to girls that, you know, I was a little bit interested in. And... What was that? <laughs> Simo's heckling me in the front row. How, how good a job did Pastor Simo and Jess do hosting this morning? I love these guys. They're amazing. But sometimes I, I, I come to the Word and I'm like, you know what? This is like a letter that God has written to us. And sometimes we need to approach it like that, imagining that actually every word in here, He's written for you. It's, it is his, it's, it's his voice to you. Just like when you used to write a letter to someone, it's you writing to them, every word for them, your intention, what you would love to say if you were there in person, all of those things. And this is God's letter to us. And so no matter where we open it up, he might be recounting a story, but in that story, he's talking about himself and what he can do in our lives today because he did it back then. Like, it doesn't matter where you open this thing, it's God speaking to you. And, and so every time we gather and we open it, I'm like, God's going to speak this morning. I believe that they're in an atmosphere of faith, and, ugh, faith. That's, a, that's a combo of faith and worship. You know, I know, I know people are going to have an encounter with God every week. That's our prayer. That's the one thing that we desire, that people would have an encounter with God. But this Sunday in particular is significant. It's a Sunday that we get to actually ensure that all of us together are still headed in the same direction together. You know, at the end of the day, Scripture uses the picture of a flock of sheep. And we can see that as like, oh, hang on a second, I'm a human, I'm not a sheep. But the reality is that we have the propensity to wander. Let's be honest, right? It's like, oh, some nice grass over here. 
Hmm. Oh, where did everybody go? Now I'm by myself and I don't know how to do this life, right? We have a, we have a propensity to actually act like sheep in our spiritual walk. And so there is a, there is a real importance in coming together and, and, and for, you know, I think of myself as the lead sheep, right? I'm not, I'm not a shepherd, really. Jesus asks us as leaders to shepherd, but ultimately I'm just a sheep first. But we get given by God this idea that, hey, let's just all go in this direction and I get the privilege of sharing that. And there's value in that because it does, it keeps us all together and all heading in the direction that is going to help us arrive at things like what Psalm 23 says, beautiful green pastures, beautiful, peaceful streams, right? We read that and we all want it and we're off wandering around looking for it ourselves. And we wonder, we wonder why it's hard to find. And God's like, well, actually, I'm moving the whole flock towards these places. I'm the good shepherd, moving the whole flock. There is, there is value in being in the flock where the flock is going because you end up in those places. Anyway, that's not my message this morning. But, but we come, we have this opportunity really to take a, take a bearing check. You know, and people out there that can read a compass and a map, I didn't know. Wow. We've got to sort that out in the men's ministry at least. Come on, we've got to just get some people out in the bush with a map and get them lost and found again. Amen. Um, <laughs> but this Sunday is our opportunity to make uh, a course correction, an adjustment, a bearing check. I, I did the Sea Scouts growing up. They were fantastic. Little Scouts shout out, dib, dib, dob, dob. And um, I think that was, that was Cubs actually, but I did that as well. But we used, to, we used to go out on, on hikes, and I used to go out, on, we would ski sea scouts, so we spent a lot of time on the water. Um, I didn't really learn to sail, but I was in sailing boats a lot, so I don't know what happened there. I did learn to canoe, which I don't think is as technical. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but I remember, I remember doing lots of like, like multi-day canoe hikes. Is that a thing? I don't know. It's like we didn't walk in the canoe. We paddled. But, um, and we would, we would map our way, which is hard to get lost when you're on a river. It's really easy to see on a map. If you want to do a journey on a map, it's easier to follow the river. It's a big blue line. Um, but we would, and we also did some, some land hikes with walking and backpacks. backpacks. And we would, we would have a map and a compass, and we'd have to navigate, right? And if any of you have ever done any of this, which... Based on my, my previous question, none of you have done any uh, map and compass work. But, but one of the things that you are taught is don't just, don't just worry about your destination at the beginning and kind of just go for it. For, but, but every little journey along the way, you are taking bearings off a place you can actually see. And so it's like, I'm going to take a bearing off the tree over there. I'm going to walk to the tree. And when I get there, I'm going to take another bearing because I know where I want to end up. But if I just aim for that from the word go and never check anything along the way, there is a high probability I'm going to get lost. Or, uh, uh, but, you know, at worst, there's going to be a, a ravine in the way. And I'm going to be like, oh, uh, I want to go there, but there's a ravine. Uh, and, and so we take, we take incremental bearings along the journey. And for me, Vision Sunday or Vision Weekend, really, we've got to extend it now because Victory Youth on Friday and Gala on Saturday and, and coming here on Sunday, Vision Weekend is a bearing check. It's, it's where we come and go, we can take a bearing for 12 months. We can see where we're going for 12 months. Let's just do that. We know that C3 Victory as a home for hope, that big vision, we know that's in God's hands. What that will look like in 10, 20, 30 years' time, who knows? It's going to go beyond my lifetime, Rachel's lifetime, who knows? But what we do know is what the next 12 months looks like. And we know where we should be heading. We know that all together, God's saying, this is the bearing to walk for the next 12 months. If you do that, you are going to successfully move one step closer to fully expressing his plans 
for C3 Victory, a home for hope. So, with that being said, our vision focus, our, our compass bearing for the next 12 months, if you will. And many of you who were there last night, you've heard this, so don't, don't you know, this is a little testing whether you can like, like generate some excitement a second time, but here we go. Um, for those of you who, who are fresh this morning, our vision focus comes directly out of that scripture that I read before. And I love, I love this scripture because Paul is the type of person that he, like, he kind of doesn't pull any punches, right? He gets straight to the point. Like, if you want to get some inspiration, uh, read, read, if you want to get, like, kind of stirred up, sort of like the, the cattle prod. Anyone, has, did anyone, like, grow up sort of in the country? I grew up in Port Macquarie before it was built up, right? Like, my uncle owned the produce store, and I grew up in, like, bale. We, made, we used to make bale hay forts, me and my cousin, and we would hang out in there all day long with guns, with, with caps in them, not bullets. But, and we'd, we'd pretend shoot all the, like, the people that would drive in and get the hails. Hales of bay, bales of hay, put on their put on their ute. Sorry, stop. We can edit this out of YouTube, right? I don't know where I was going with that, but 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 we grew up around like cattle prods. There are all sorts of things we had to do to cattle, which I won't go into here. But but the cattle prod would make sure the cattle were like oh got a little jolt, moving in the right direction. I feel like Paul's letters are like the cattle prod of Scripture, right? If you want to get like a little like a good little jolt in the right direction, read Paul, right? Because he's like, he's like, come on, get, get moving, do something. Um, it, it, I often say to Rach, like, man, I'm going to have some awkward conversations with Paul when I get to heaven because he's going to be like, so what stopped you living for purpose, you know? And I'll be like, oh, well, it was raining. <laughs> and Paul's going to look at me like, it was raining? It's like, it's like in those, the, the, the early Christians that like were in the Colosseum with the lions. Well, what, what did you face? Oh, well, it was, temperatures were nine degrees when I woke up Sunday morning. So I thought I'd watch online and not come in. And yeah, oh, sorry. All right. Paul, he's like, for me, he's, the, he's like that absolute boss of scripture. He just, he says it how it is. He's, he's out looking to imprison and murder Christians. He has this unbelievable encounter with, with Jesus himself. He talks about it, right? Like, I don't know about you, I've, I've not been knocked off a horse. I fell off a horse a few times growing up, but I've not been knocked off a horse by a beam of light with a voice that says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Direct conversation with the audible voice of, of, of Jesus. Gets blinded, can't see gets led to someone's house, they pray for him, he gets healed, which, you know, in today's Pentecostal church, we believe for healings, but Paul's like, he's lived this, this is his experience, this is the moment that God grabbed a hold of his life and said, Paul, you're not going this way anymore, you're going this way, and, and, and so he gets healed of blindness, he goes and spends three years recalibrating his entire understanding of scripture, recalibrating his entire mindset towards what he believed scripture was talking about, and then he comes he says he has these incredible visions of the heavenly realms, comes back out of that to embark on one of the most ruthless and hectic evangelistic kind of crusades and quests. Scripture says he gets shipwrecked, beaten, stoned, imprisoned. He goes without food. He's whipped. He spends nights at sea in the water, gets bitten by snakes. And not once in all of this does Paul beg for anything. And to be honest, studying Paul, he doesn't, strike me as the type of man that would beg. He wouldn't beg anybody really for anything, and yet here, 
He writes a letter to the Ephesian church, writes, spied by the Holy Spirit, words for us today, saying, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. It's interesting to see where Paul chooses to utilize that emotive, that stance. He didn't beg to get out of prison. He didn't beg not to be whipped. He didn't beg really to be rescued. You know, in fact, if you read Paul's life, he's on a boat to go to uh, uh, Rome to, to kind of uh, argue for, for his life, and, and he, doesn't, he doesn't beg. In fact, he tells, he tells all, of, all of the, he prays that God would basically save the boat. Like, it's crazy. He doesn't beg for anything. And yet here we see Paul leaning into that space for, really, for us, begging us that that we would lead a life in a certain way. And I, I have to read this scripture and ask questions. And I think some of us have to get better at doing that when we read scripture and not just reading it, but allowing it to read us. You know, scripture does three great things. Scripture gives for us a description of God, of the world, and of ourselves. And, and sometimes we have to let scripture read us. And, and, and allow it to cause us to ask ourselves questions like, am I living a life worthy of my calling? Am I living in such a way that the weight of the reality that God, the God of the universe, has called me to do something? Am I living with the reality of that weight, of that awareness in my day to day? Or does it kind of pop into my head on a Sunday morning when I'm on my way to church? Oh, that's right. We have to ask ourselves these questions. And the truth is that we all live our lives according to the weight of our why. We live according to the value that we attribute to the cause that permeates from the core of who we are. So do you know your why? Do you know what cause you're living for? Have you assessed its value? And are you living a life worthy of that value? These are big questions. And for Paul, he clearly has a deep conviction as to the call that is on his life and his full commitment to it. He is fully willing to be a prisoner for the purpose of God. The struggle I think that we have is that we are, for the most part, somewhat unaware, uncertain or insecure in who we are and therefore what we're living for. We allow certain areas of our life, certain uh, compartments of our life to, to generate for us a different identity to maybe the reality of the truth of our identity in Scripture. And so what ends up happening is that we live ineffective or compartmentalized lives, where different whys drive the different components or areas and our commitments and activities that we have in each space. But the truth is that something actually happens to us when we receive salvation. Scripture is really clear. It says that we are born again. It's a second birth. It's mind-blowing and it's difficult to get our head around. Okay? But that's the truth. We have actually the life that we were birthed into naturally, the life we lived, it says that that has actually, from a spiritual perspective, that ended. We died with Christ and we were raised again with Him. We were born again. It's a new beginning. It's a new start. 
right? It says we are a new identity. It says all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's one of my favorite scriptures because all means all. So I can, that's a blanket statement over my entire life. Whenever there's areas in my life that crop up, which let's be honest, it's all the time, often, right? Where like history tries to define me or my mistakes or the things I live through try to define me. All things have become new. I speak to those things and I remind them, no, 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 you're not it anymore. I'm new. Even when I have desires that don't line up with scripture, I speak to them and I'm like, I don't desire you anymore. You're old. You've died. I am new. I have new desires. Even if I don't feel them, I tell myself that's the truth because it is. We've been born again into a new family. We go from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. The very root of our very identity has completely changed. We might still be in this world, but we're no longer of it. We've been born again different. And the other thing that changes because our identity has changed is our why. We get a new cause. We get a new why, something, one with eternal value. One that Paul says comes from God himself. And that new cause is completely rooted in our new identity. And it is to permeate every aspect of our lives. It's not something that we can compartmentalize because that would be compartmentalizing our very identity. It would be taking the new identity that Scripture says we now have that permeates our life and going, well, I am here, but I'm not a new creation here. I'm a child of God in this context, but over here, I'm not applying that, and so I'm not going to live as a child of God. I'm going to allow my old identity to permeate, and therefore there is going to be a separation between where truth permeates in my life and where it doesn't. No, as a born-again believer... There is not a single moment in our lives that we are no longer a new creation. Every moment with our family, every day at the office, we're a born-again believer. We're living on this earth. We're just not of it anymore. We're living as an ambassador on a kingdom mission. We are a child of God living now for the very cause of the kingdom of Christ, its expression and its extension. Every place you step, every sphere in which you take a breath, You are a child of God, and as such, you are inexplicably connected with the purpose of his kingdom. Erwin McManus, in his book, and I stated this quote last night, The Barbarian Way, he writes this. He says, For those of us that embrace the cause of Christ, the cost to participate in the mission of God is nothing less than everything we are and everything we have. In 2023 and 24, God is calling us to cultivate intentionally cultivate a fresh sense of this very calling in our lives, a calling that begins in the core of our heart and permeates out through our entire life, a calling in which nothing we do, no context that we exist in, is disconnected from or compartmentalized away or unaffected by the permeating purpose of his kingdom, by the cause that he has called each of us to. And so, for some of you, this will be new, but for others, this is the vision focus that we released last night. This is the title, if you will, that is giving us the direction for the next 12 months. It's the thing that encapsulates the the, the step that we would love as a whole community for us to take. It comes out of Ephesians 4.1, it's a bit of a play on words, but it is 
title this in 2023 and 24, The Captive Cause. Yeah. It's exciting and intimidating at the same time. You see, Paul, the truth is that he was so taken captive by the cause of Christ that he was willing to become a captive for the cause. The purpose of God so permeated his entire world, it even permeated his imprisonment. He was so captive to the cause of Christ that he didn't compartmentalize spaces of his life being on purpose and and those that are disconnected from it. He had a revelation, the cause of Christ, that shaped his understanding in such a way that even his imprisonment was permeated by his purpose. He knew that it was being used for the building of the body and the extension of God's kingdom. You see, this vision focuses about God bringing a revelation to every one of us. Every one of us that says, yes, I'm, I'm a disciple. To understand that we are more than a disciple in a room. We're more than a disciple in just a place. We're a disciple that is actually on deployment. Every one of us is a person, a, 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 one of his people that is positioned on purpose. Positioned in your family, in your job, your friendship group, sporting club. I said last night, like the doctor's surgery, wait, like how, how practical can we get? Like every place, every single space, we are on mission in that place because we are in that place as a new creation. We carry the kingdom of heaven within us every space that we go. I think it's really important to acknowledge that like even in the drama of life and the difficulty of life, the outright pain of life that we walk through, we, we do it on purpose. Painful seasons of our life are not disconnected from the capacity of the kingdom of heaven to work through that for, the, for, the, for the, the cause of his kingdom to permeate that space. I've, I've said it and I'll say it again. I believe that as we walk through pain, we demonstrate the reality of Jesus often clearer than when we are walking through seasons of success. I'm telling you, pain has a purpose. Or I could say pain can be used for his purpose. I love that Paul writes this sitting in a Roman prison so that we don't misconstrue that it's only when Paul's on his highs that he writes, I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling because, oh, so good, look at me, I'm, I'm, I'm getting all this blessing. No, he, he begs us when he's sitting in a prison cell because he's so willing. If that's what it takes for him to live out the call of Christ, he's like, I'm in. I'm all the way. I'm willing to be a captive for the cause. I'm so captivated by the cause of the kingdom of heaven that if it means I'm captive in prison, uh, I'm in. He doesn't separate pain from purpose. He doesn't put success on a pedestal. Uh, this, is what, this is what living for the kingdom looks like. It looks like, no, no, it looks like living intentionally on purpose every day, whether it's painful or, or, or great. This vision focuses about the type of people that God is building here at C3 Victory. People who are intentionally living on purpose. A group of authentic disciples on deployment in the world around them, carrying with them Christ's reality and that of his kingdom. This vision focus, honestly, it will challenge every single one of us. In whether being a Christian, a born-again child of God is just who you are, 
and therefore who you are in every moment of every day or just what you do sometimes in some places. And I want to tell you from, from this moment, that's a challenge to me. It's easy to push down the reality of being a believer when I'm heading to Woolworths to get something. I'm in a rush and there's someone in front of me that can't work the teller and I'm getting frustrated. And, and It's easy at home when the kids are stirring up my frustration to forget that I'm a model as a father to their father in heaven. It's so easy to forget the, new, the reality of, of, of the fact that I am in every moment of every day of my life an expression of the kingdom of God. But this is what God's calling us to. This is the life, right? It says that uh, uh, Scripture tells us things will get darker, but the light will get brighter. And it will be clearer. And I'm telling you, as the world pursues on a freight train to relativism, absolute truth will shine so brightly. When we live from that in every space of our life, when what we say is our core conviction, what we say is the thing we believe in genuinely permeates how we operate in every space of our lives. I'm telling you, we will have opportunity to say why we have peace or why we have joy or we'll have opportunity to pray and release miracles into people's lives because we aren't afraid to step out for the cause of the kingdom because it so has us that we are willing to do whatever it takes us into so that it might move forward. Over the next 12 months, I'm believing that we're going to see a shift in three ways. The first is I'm believing that those people who have recently come into the kingdom, you're going to find a kingdom purpose for the first time. For the first time. I believe things are going to begin to, it's like your eyes are suddenly going to be open. Scripture says it's like scales fall off your eyes and suddenly it's like you see, oh my goodness, this is what life is all about. This is why I'm here. This is what I have to do. And it's like this life, this energy suddenly comes inside of you as you realize you are here on an eternally weighted mission of the kingdom of God for the first time that's coming to you. Secondly, I really believe there is a refiring of the engine in people's lives, a reconnecting of disconnected parts of your life to being on purpose, whether it's your job, your business, raising or leading your family. These things are suddenly afresh going to be permeated by purpose. It's not just about raising kids that maybe are healthy. It's about raising kids that know the reality of the kingdom of heaven and they are, they are, they are embedded in it and they get it and they're, champ- they're running after it themselves because you have led them into that reality. And number three, I, I really believe there is a refinement coming. Some of you are like, oh, I'm good. I, I, know, I'm, I know I'm cool, but I'm, there, there's a refinement. You know, I think about um, like growing up with a magnifying glass and ants. Um, and the sun. I feel like I'm talking a lot about weapons this morning. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it was Simo was wearing his Weapon Generation hoodie earlier, and you know, I don't know, maybe it. But like, as you as you got the focus right, as you refined the focus, the the like like the heat increased, the fire increased. Yes, and who started a fire in the schoolyard with a leaf and a magnifying glass taken out of the science lab? No, just me. Cool. Um, <laughs> God did a work in my life. <laughs> but I, I really believe that for all of us, we, we fit in one of those three areas. I've, I feel a real, a real weight, a real burden to specifically talk to our, 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 like our over 50, over 55s this morning. There is a refinement coming. 
There is no such thing as retirement in the kingdom of heaven. There is simply a shift into the area in which you apply and, 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 and bring the reality of the kingdom of heaven. We're so used to career or job being the context. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I want to preach a whole message on this idea of context and calling. But I'm telling you, you need to get ready for God to open up opportunities and avenues for you to continue to be on purpose in every space and day of your life. You speaking into the lives of grandkids, I'm telling you, there is opportunity to sow seeds, uh, to bypass the difficulty that, that your kids are walking through. You're going to bypass that and sow seeds of the kingdom of heaven into your grandkids' lives. You need to see what you're doing is still 100% on purpose for the kingdom of heaven. So to assist all of us in this, and kick off a year of traction in this area for every one of us, we are launching some things called discovery sessions. They are two sessions, and we're going we're gonna to run them on multiple times, multiple options, okay? Uh, we are trying to structure this. We're trying to be intentional so that we have the opportunity for as many of you as possible to do this, Okay? Uh, these sessions are going to involve teaching, some great teaching that we want to release, we want to equip you with around the, the idea of spiritual gifts and things like that. But also, we want to we actually help you to become self-aware. How are you made for a kingdom purpose? What is in you that God has intricately and intimately formed in you for the benefit of His purpose? I'm expecting, I'm believing that everyone would come away from this self-aware and spiritually clear. That's the goal out of these sessions. And there's only two. It's not a lot. Commit to two. It's going to be great. For me, I'm believing that there would be over 200 of us commit. Uh, Commit to, not just commit, but and complete. Who knows it's easy to commit to something and hard to complete it? That's like my running goals all the time. I think for the last five years, I've had a running goal of running over 1,000 Ks in a year. It's a great thing to commit to in January. It's a very, very difficult thing to complete. Yet to do it. All right. These discoveries... There you are. I'm praying in tongues again. I believe that as we do this, the result would be a collective step of intentionality toward living a life worthy of the call and one marked by the captive cause. For our online guys, uh, we are also running these online. Uh, there, will be, there will be a Zoom-generated discovery session for you. Uh, you are a part of this, 100%. You are a part of uh, uh, our, this church, and, and that means you're a part of this vision. And there is a kingdom purpose to be unlocked in your life, wherever you're watching from today. I really believe that. So be a part of those uh, when the opportunity comes. So practically, and if you were at Gala last night, uh, if you had the opportunity to be there, you would have heard a lot of these. But I want to tell you also some of the, the practical, the key projects, if you will, that we want to do this year. Uh, and a lot of this is what your vision giving actually contributes towards. So here we go. Um, starting with our amazing Hopeton Street building. Um, we're going we're gonna to be investing in a redevelopment of this particular site. Uh, basically, internally, uh, we want to rework it. Uh, we want to put uh, a lift in, which is going to be fantastic. I'm super pumped. It's like my number one. That and a shower. I would really love those two things in our building. Uh, but 
but we want to create a uh, better access, better use of the space, a more cohesive office and ministry environment. Uh, we really recognize that this building is an incredible resource for all that we do. And, and what we want to do is make sure that that resource is utilized in the best, most functional way possible. Uh, and so we're going to be doing a few things there. In addition to that, we're going to be making a big step towards trying to distinguish who we are, where we are, and what we do. Three really important things for anyone who's actually outside of our community, right? Like there's a lot people understand inside. It's a lot different outside. Uh, and so what we're going to be doing to help that in the community moving forward, we're actually going to be adopting the name, the C3 Victory Center for our entire location at Hopeton Street. So it will no longer simply be that the Victory Center is operating one floor. We have the ministry center. There's a whole lot of confusion around. No, no, no. That building is going to be the C3 Victory Center, uh, which is going to be really exciting. That'll be, that'll be what it's called on Google. We've had, we've had a number of people, you might be here today, I know, uh, that have gone there trying to find church, thinking church is there. Uh, we're really sorry if that's you. Uh, we are trying to solve some of those things. Uh, but just for clarity's sake, we will we'll be communicating things like uh, our amazing men's night coming up for Origin 3. I could, I could like codename that intercession for the blues. They need it. They need it. They need it. We're going we're gonna to pray some, some uh, demonic things out of Pastor Mel later. She goes for Queensland. Um, but uh, the one thing he amens all service. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but we're going to be able to communicate things like that will be happening on the ground floor of our Victory Center or that our church offices are on the level one of our Victory Center. It's just going to be really, really clear and helpful. Um, but with that comes a really exciting announcement uh, in terms of how we're moving forward with talking about all of the operations within our sector-specific ministry that has previously been known, the Victory Center. Obviously, if our whole building is going to be that, we need to bring some clarity to the things that we actually do out in the community. Um, and so I get to announce this morning for the first time that we are renaming all that we do out in the community that comes under the banner of our PBI from today onwards it will no longer be called just the Victory Center. It will be known as the C3 Victory Care. There it is, our new logo. Awesome. So C3 Victory Care will be operating out of C3 Victory Center. So there's, that's the clarity we're trying to bring in that space. Um, so it's, uh, we're believing that actually in doing this, we'll be able to better communicate what we're doing distinct from where we're located in the community. Uh, helping to actually better develop partnerships with local businesses and people. Uh, with a fresh understanding, we'll be able to pursue external funding, take steps towards stronger financial stability, and ultimately growth in our operations and our impact, uh, which is really, really important. And so uh, just for clarity's sake, moving forward, uh, things will be called C3 Victory Care Yard Maintenance, C3 Victory Care Empowered Life, C3 Victory Care Client Sur Support Services, C3 Victory Care, Depression, Hope Support Groups, etc. There are so many things we do in that place. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Further to that, we are in, in, in uh, the C3 Victory Care space. 
Uh, we have had such huge need um, in the area of food shortage from people. We're seeing people come in off the streets looking for uh, the food hampers that we provide. Uh, up until this point, they have been periodically available. Like we get a delivery, and once they're kind of used up, that's, that's kind of it. We really want to be able to, to step into a stronger space uh, in, in, in this area. And so we're going to try to move from periodic hamper availability to actually the capacity for what we are calling a hamper bank. Uh, so we're launching the C3 Victory Care hamper bank this morning uh, as part of our operations. Uh, it's going to give us the capacity to store extensive hampers and be open twice a week consistently, providing food resource for those struggling with food needs. Uh, we've also begun partnering with Cole's Second Bite and providing twice a week access to a range of fresh fruit, vegetables, bread, and other food staples, which is amazing. And, and, and people are accessing that all the time. It's a huge blessing to them. I'm really excited about the things that are happening in that space. In addition to that, in our other beyond um, partnerships and the things that we support from a mission-oriented perspective, uh, we're going to be increasing our support for C3 Bangkok and Pastor Turbo, who's on the ground there. We're going to continue to support uh, the home rebuilding and our aid that goes to Ukraine. Um, and we're intentionally looking to add one more international partnership this year, which is exciting. Um, talking to Dave Stevo last night, he's already pr- planning the next Ukraine trip. So if you are interested, you make sure you speak to him about being there uh, on the ground. It's going to be intense, but amazing. Also, locally, we, we continue our support of SRE. Uh, we continue our support of local government prayer gatherings, playgroup, uh, which if you were, had the chance to be there last night, man, that thing is doing amazing. Uh, and impacting so many people, um, and our Crunch and Sip programs. Uh, we're also actually beginning an annual contribution. I don't think I said it was, uh, we will start. We did our first one this year, but it's going to be an annual contribution to Rima FM Radio to help maintain the presence of a Christian radio station in our area, which we think has incredible merit in the cultural climate that we exist in. After a pandemic forced hiatus, we are once again, this is exciting. Stepping out to relaunch Carols by the Beach. Yeah. That's, uh, for those of you that got to be a part of that last year, uh, sorry, last time we did it, not last year, but last time, you know it's an incredible outreach opportunity into our community. Uh, it provides a way to serve and bless our community, uh, as well as an incredible way to rebuild bridges and reputation uh, in the community. We'll also uh, look at it as a way of being able to profile our, our sector-specific ministries in terms of Ush and Victory Care. Uh, and, and historically, this event has been run together in partnership with C3 Rhythm City. However, at this point moving forward, uh, we'll be taking full responsibility for running the event, which is for us really exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about where we're taking it. You would have noticed our foil refresh. That's been, that's been a big part of uh, continuing to make this place feel like our home. That when people walk in and we talk about a home for hope, that it feels like our house, that it is welcoming and engaging, uh, and that it brings a level of functionality and usability to the foyer. We are continuing to move forward in the Ush space, lifting our level of excellence. We want to secure uh, the tenders that at the moment will be up for offer this year. Securing those will be a significant step to continuing to provide a home away from home for thousands of, of families, uh, hundreds of kids every single day, uh, which is incredible. And I want to I remind you, I said this last night, but I really want to remind you to be praying for Ush. Uh, it's easy to forget the kingdom purpose that is attached to that. It's easy to think it's a side thing. It's not. 
It's a sector-specific ministry of this church. It reaches out into those schools. It connects with those families. uh, And it is incredibly significant in what we see ourselves doing as C3 Victory. And lastly, I just want to let you know that over the past two years, we've pursued seven different potential sites for our long-term home. I want to make sure I continue to communicate with you guys where we're at on that journey. Uh, We believe that each one had the potential right up until God closed the door. Uh, Or we we, we came to an insurmountable uh, kind of uh, point in the exploration. Uh, And honestly, we will continue to pursue all feasible and suitable opportunities as they come our way. Believing that God has the the right place at the right time. I want to thank our incredible executive board uh, who are fully committed uh, in this space um, and invest a lot of time, effort and wisdom in ensuring that as we move forward, as we explore these things, we are doing it uh, really wisely, uh, but also with an incredible spirit of faith, believing that God has an incredible home for us. Um, So can we thank our board this morning? They're amazing. And so we come to our time together this morning where... We're going to pledge finance towards making some of these things happen. You know, we changed things last night, and although we handed out the pledge cards to people, we didn't actually take up any pledge. We wanted to wait until this morning that we would do this all together as a whole family. To be able to facilitate the things that we do out of vision giving, this year our budget is $320,000. Uh, and you can see on the slide behind me that over $200,000 of that, over 60%, is actually used for something outreach or mission-focused, uh, which I think is a really important and significant statement. I know that through this contribution in finance, we're going to see multitudes of lives really impacted. Uh, people finding freedom from debt, food shortage. We're going to help individuals keep food on the table. Families have kids safe in the afternoons. We're going to find people support from the, the crippling effects of depression and anxiety. People finding safety and security, getting out of domestic violence situations. Real tangible impact into the lives of people. Our ultimate prayer is that through these things, people would find Jesus. That they would find that eternal hope. So on your seats, if you didn't bring one this morning, you will find uh, a pledge card for this year's vision giving. And next to it, you will find what we call a dream card. Every year, we encourage people to write down something uh, that you are believing for in your life. If you need either of these, if you didn't bring one from last night or you, you chose to sit in the seat that didn't have one, um, if you could raise your hand, our, our venue team who have no idea this is happening, they have a venue team who are going to quickly be able to get you one of these. Now, they are on your seats. They might have slipped down the back. But every year when we come to this moment, we get our dream cards along with, with our pledge. And we encourage you to write something that you are tangibly believing for breakthrough in your life about. You know, previously we've had stories of people writing about houses you heard Rachel and I's story last year about that. We were not the only ones. Um, I know Joel and Tamika had an incredible testimony of 
writing down about a house on their dream card. We've heard of, of babies on dream cards, of jobs on dream cards. The reality is that, and I will say this every single year, you can't buy a miracle. That's not what this is about, okay? What this dream card is about is bringing to God something that you are activating your faith for in your life, more so or in addition to just the finance. It's a way of saying, you know what? We're stirring up faith right now. Yes, we're believing for faith when it comes to finance, but let's not stir up faith just for money. Let's stir up faith for all areas of our life. Let's be believing that God absolutely is gonna help us fulfill whatever figure you feel God is saying to you to write down on your pledge card. Oh, I'm throwing it around all over the place. But let's not stir up faith just for that. Let's put something tangible and real on this that we can tell stories about, that when we sing songs and say, I've witnessed it. Though I mean, I have a buildup of these in my Bible. So far, we're two for two. I want, I want to have a book of these that I can give to my kids. Come on. When we bring things to God, even the ones that maybe don't come to pass, I want in there because there's a story in there as well. The truth is there's a story in there. There's a story of perseverance, of praying for something, and of trusting God maybe when we don't see the outcome. So don't, don't discard this because, oh, well, last year it didn't happen. No, no, no. This is about activating our faith again in a God who is faithful and able. And He says, hey, ask, so why not? Why not? Why not? He tells us in Scripture to ask and keep on asking. So why, why not? Why not write down something here that requires a little bit of a miracle from your Father in heaven? I would rather concentrate on what you put here than what you put here. I have full faith that God will provide for us when it comes to finance. But I want to stir up a community to have faith for God breaking through in their lives, in all sorts of areas, that we would have testimonies to tell of colleagues and neighbours of our God who breaks through in our life in ways that are miraculous and powerful. That's what our dream card is about this morning. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our upcoming messages. We would love for you to connect with us by heading to c3victory.org.au.